0: So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all new Honda Prologue EV. True. It's got class leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda Honda, the power of dreams, visit Honda.com slash prologue to learn more.
1: Hello and welcome to the Rest is Football with Alan Shearer. No Micah Richards, he's still in Mexico. You've got me, Garolinica. And we're joined uh, by a special guest today from Sporting Intelligence. Nick Harris is with us. Um, Thank you very much, Nick, uh, for coming along. You're an expert on all matters around football, finances, etc. And obviously we've had the huge story uh, this weekend of Everton Football Club being docked 10 points. So thank you very much for joining us. And can you explain to us perhaps how this has come about?
2: Hi, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, Everton have been docked 10 points because they have been adjudged to have failed the Premier League's profit and sustainability rules. We'll try and keep this simple, but the PSR uh, the rules, mean that Premier League's clubs cannot lose more than £105 million over any three-year rolling period. And the point of them, basically, is to help clubs remain financially sustainable. It's basically to protect clubs from overspending and going bust. If I give one tiny example of a real-world example of a club ceasing to exist because they overspent, remember the Gretna dream in the, of the noughties in Scotland when Gretna went from the non-league to the Scottish Premier League And they were in the Scottish Cup final. And they had um, a businessman from the northeast called Brooks Mileson who chain smoked and and, and drank iron brew. That was his diet, 100 fags and iron brew. And when he (laughs) died, the funding from Gretna disappeared and Gretna simply ceased to exist. So on a different scale, what the rules are doing, what they're there to protect, is to protect clubs, clubs like the club I support, Southampton, the club that you support, Leicester, clubs who've been in terrible financial trouble. Basically, the rules are trying to prevent things like that happening. Obviously, it happened at Portsmouth and at all sorts of other clubs. In terms of this specific failure, the Premier League reviewed Everton's three-year cycle up to the 21-22 season. And their calculation came out that Everton had lost $124.5 million, which is... million over the allowed limit. Everton were charged in March, there was a five-day hearing in October, dozens of witnesses, tens of thousands of pages of documents, and the
1: Independent Commission punished them with a 10-point penalty. So that's it in a nutshell. It's it's quite complex, isn't it? Because we were talking to Steve Parrish um, the other day, obviously the... um co-owner and chairman of Crystal Palace and he was saying that because of this 105 million over three years some clubs could possibly spend that in the in the first year and then probably try and balance things off and is that where Everton got lost?
2: Yeah I mean basically Everton's actual full losses for the three-year period were over 300 million pounds and under these rules you're allowed to deduct what is known as sort of good spending so spending on infrastructure, youth, women's football, community programmes, that can be deducted. So Everton were already allowed to deduct £180 million from the figure and they've still got into trouble because they'd still
3: overspent. To me, it seems incredibly harsh when you're talking about a figure of £19.5 million. When you look at the grand scheme of things in Premier League football, £19.5 million and then to be docked that many points, that to me... Seems incredibly harsh, is it? I
2: think there will be a lot of sympathy with Everton and Everton fans in thinking it is harsh. Yeah, it it does seem like a a, a terrible punishment for just £19.5 million. But A, we have to ask ourselves have football lost a bit of perspective when we're talking about only £19.5 million? And secondly, Everton knew that they were heading for trouble. And the Premier League's argument, which was accepted by the commission, the independent commission who made this ruling, is that Everton wanted not only to deduct £180 million from their losses, but they wanted to make four further deductions that the commission found were not reasonable. And this is is Everton's major problem. They were already allowed to make massive deductions for stadium, for COVID losses, for all sorts of things. And then they tried to deduct even more and the Premier League said, that can't happen. So it's it's really a black and white thing. Have they broken the rules? And in the end, they admitted they'd broken the rules. And therefore, what is the punishment? And yes, I can see that some people would think it's harsh. But they broke the rules, they've been a judge to broke the rules, and that's
1: the punishment. How many clubs out there are are on the edge of of this kind of thing and and, and breaking the rules? Or do most of them actually know exactly what they're doing and balance the books properly?
2: Yeah, I mean, the clubs are, have been very aware for years of exactly what the rules are. Every year, multiple times a year, the clubs have to submit to the Premier League their finances. They have to say, this is what our estimated income is. This is our expenditure. Everton knew there was a problem coming down the track several years ago. In fact, they went to the Premier League and in 2021, they said, look, we think we might be in a bit of trouble here. But if we do this and this and this, will we be OK? And the Premier League said, yes, if you do this and this and this. And to cut a long story short, they didn't do this and this and this, they kept spending on players, they kept spending on wages. And this is kind of the crux of the Premier League's argument, is that you were given a chance to rein back on what you were spending, but you decided to keep spending anyway. So most clubs, I mean, your pod with Steve Parrish was really, really interesting. He's a fascinating guy and and what he's done at Palace over the years is is pretty amazing given the consistency and, and the time that they've saved in the Premier League. But Clubs like Palace, most clubs know what they've got to do. And by and large, they are doing it. And that's why this breach, I can completely accept it or seem large to Everton fans, but it is a clear breach. They knew what they were doing and they went ahead and did it anyway. And that's the crux of the argument.
3: And just to to be clear, the Premier League charge... Everton and then it's then over to an independent panel the Premier League have got nothing to do with it the Premier League then can't find them guilty or come up with the decisions that the independent independent panel have just happened
2: yeah that's right Al the the Premier League make the charge because you know they say look we've looked at your accounts now uh, you've, you've broken the rules. An independent panel is appointed, headed by a KC. That is completely independent at the Premier League. The KC decides the timing, the structure, when the meetings will be, and the decision. This is not Richard Masters or anyone at the Premier League saying this. This isn't other clubs having a go. This is an independent panel looking at the rules and getting deep into the weeds of, of the legal arguments.
3: And also, to be clear, they've been found guilty of one charge Whereas, as we know, Manchester City are facing up to 115 charges and that, I'm sure, will be the argument of others. Well, hang on a minute, one charge, what on earth could happen to Manchester City?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Man City case is extraordinary in its own way because they had 115 charges levelled against them by the Premier League back in February this year. And that was after more than four years of investigation. The Premier League started looking at that case at the back end of... 2018, and formally announced that Manchester City were under investigation in March 2019. Four years of Premier League digging into what Man City may or may not have done wrong between 2009 and 2018, and you know there'd be a whole separate podcast on what's happened with Man City and why has it taken so long to get to the point of even having a commission you know, sitting down and examining the evidence. We're not even there yet with that. The commission has been appointed, but Manchester City is still challenging whether the Premier League actually have the right to levy these charges against them.
3: I mean, and also this is this is a huge call, isn't it? I and mean, it's a huge line to say you cross the line, then this is what could potentially happen to you. I mean, what, what's the thoughts with the Premier League and the independent regulator and them sort of throwing their, their weight around now to say they can control our own affairs?
2: Yeah, I think the very good point on the independent regulator. I don't think it's any coincidence that in the week that an independent regulator was due to be announced in Parliament was when the initial charges against Man City were levied. In the following month, these charges. So, the Premier League, I, I think, to an extent, are wanting to show actually we are capable of dealing with stuff, not in house, but, you know, with the commissions. And you could argue that Everton, to a certain extent, have, have had the misfortune of being the first club to be. Hit with a points penalty under these particular rules, but yeah, it, the message it sends out is if this is a precedent, a ten-point penalty for one charge of nineteen and a half million pounds over overspending, then you'd have to think it sends out a pretty strong message that the Premier League are going to be, you know, really tough on this stuff going forward.
3: Nick, so in terms of the appeal process, um, they are going to appeal, have said that, Everton. The chances of them winning or the chances of them losing, if they do lose, could have be even more points put on? And I'm also right in saying that when they do appeal, it's a completely different panel.
2: Yeah, I mean, the appeal, they will appeal. They've said that they're shocked and disappointed and don't really understand the verdict, so they're definitely going to appeal. It'll be in front of another panel, as you say, And the key issues for them will be these bits of expenditure that they wanted deducted. I mean, we could get really into the weeds of it. Maybe in the notes, we'll put in the 45-page PDF ruling so everyone can read the detail. But basically, Everton wanted to discount some interest they paid on their stadium. They wanted to discount money um, that they paid in transfer levies. They wanted to discount um, money that they said they would have won if they'd sued a player that they sacked can't really go into that, but I'm sure everyone knows about that. And they also wanted to say that if COVID hadn't happened, they would have made tens of millions of pounds in transfer fees. This is something that no other club has claimed. So these will be the areas around the appeal. No, None of us can say we don't know whether they'll be successful. I imagine, given the verdict and the strength of the verdict, that, that they're not going to be wholly successful, I'd guess. But um, they, they might have the the 10 points reduced. And and then we'll we'll see where we go from there.
1: What is the difference? I think a lot of supporters you've seen on social media, etc., are, are saying things. Well, why are Everton being punished yet we're still waiting to hear about Manchester City? Um, so, what what is the difference be- between the two cases? Right, there's quite a lot of differences. One, there was a single charge against
2: Everton, and that was in the three year period ending 2021-22 that they basically overspent as a single charge and it's taken from March charging point to November punishment, which is eight months to deal with that. With Manchester City, there are 115 charges, a great complexity ranging across five broad different areas. Um, They're charged in one bunch of charges um, alleges that they did not provide accurate financial information. Uh, in relation to revenue, sponsorship, and operating costs. So there's a whole bunch of charges about that, and these are all between 2009 and 2018. A second set of charges is an allegation about breaking rules uh, requiring proper notification of what the manager received, which we we know is in relation to whether Mancini did or didn't receive payments through a, a second contract, which would potentially be illegal. Uh, There's there's another set of charges regarding whether Manchester City complied with UEFA's FFP. There's a fourth set of charges relating to uh, the profitability and sustainability rules, that's the PSR, Um, and there's a fifth set of charges in relation to whether Manchester City have actually gone along with the process or whether they've actually deliberately uh, prevented the Premier League getting where they need to get. So five broad sets of charges adding up to 115 charges altogether. So it's vastly different in
1: scale and scope. And, and is that why it's taking so much time? I suppose there'll, there'll be massive legal cases. and That's one of the reasons it's taking so much
2: time, because there's just so much work that that needed to be done to get to the point of charging them. I mean, as as I think we mentioned earlier, it was more than four years after the Premier League opened their investigation into Manchester City that it was formally announced as as being open. And now it's more than five years since the Premier League began. So they've had five years of putting together a case uh, just because it's massive and complex. The other reason it's taken so long is is because Manchester City have done what they can to to stymie the process. You know, in 2021, we were investigating what was happening with this case. And and eventually, uh, as a journalist, I was able to basically get access to the High Court and, and to be able to report that the process was going on where neither the Premier League or Manchester City wanted it to be reported. What that told us was that Manchester City were using every legal tool they could to draw this out as long as possible. And Even since they were charged in February, they, for example, have challenged the legitimacy of the Premier League even to act against them, which itself is taking months to even get to the point where a commission will sit down and look at the evidence. So. It's a huge and complex case, and Manchester City, of course, say they're completely innocent, that they have a a huge amount of irrefutable evidence that will prove that. But we haven't seen the evidence yet, and I think it would be good for for everybody, for the Premier League, for Manchester City, and for football fans, if there was a little bit more transparency around
0: these issues. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games – It's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Terms apply.
1: There's also been talk of that Chelsea might be in um, some trouble.
2: Yeah, Chelsea are being investigated for alleged irregular payments around transfers. Um, We don't know all the fine detail of that, but we know they're being investigated. They haven't been charged yet, but if they were to be charged with misdemeanors along those lines, then yes, they too could face the same sort of process that Everton have gone through. But Until we know more about the detail of that, we can't really be particularly accurate about what's going to happen there.
3: I mean, this, this is this is a really horrible situation for football, isn't it? Because it's not going to end here because of the situation regarding the relegated clubs. I mean, they're, they're not just going to lie down and let this happen, are they?
2: No. In fact, I think there's um, Leicester and... Who else went down last season? Uh, Leicester, Leeds. Leeds, Southampton. As far as I'm aware, Southampton haven't yet decided to join the league election. But Burnley, who went down in the previous season, plus Leeds and Leicester... Are reportedly going to sue Everton, arguing that if Everton hadn't cheated in Inverted Commas, then they would have had a better chance of staying up. But you know, and that has that has got its own levels of complexity. So yeah, it's it is it is pretty dispiriting that these things are going on. But I guess you have to ask yourself, do we want rules? Do we need rules? Should the Premier League be enforcing rules? And I think if you want to go back to 2009 10, which was the previous record points deduction, which was nine points for Portsmouth going into administration, if you look at the absolute car crash that Portsmouth was in that season and the extent of the wrongdoing and the shenanigans that went on in Portsmouth, that is kind of the root of why the Premier League, you know, figuratively had their head in their hands going, What the hell have we allowed to happen at Fratton Park? This is a disaster. And then they started. Putting in more and more rules and strengthening rules to avoid that kind of thing happening again.
3: But there, is, there is the argument that this punishment is so severe. There were six Premier League clubs that tried to leave the league, which we, we know the consequences that what that would have happened. Then they got they got a fine of what three million pound each.
1: Well, they were trying to leave the league.
3: though. They were um, trying to set up their Super League. They Absolutely, wanted to yeah. be yeah. part
1: of something else as well as as the league. I think it's important to clarify yeah. that probably.
2: Yeah, they tried to they tried to break away. Uh, thankfully, and very rapidly, that fell to pieces, which I think we all thought was a, a good thing. But yeah, it's you know the punishment for that was um, a fine, but also that should they try and do it again, they'll be much more harshly treated and have much bigger penalties. But you know, it's apples and pears in a way. You know, there's the financial cheating, for want of a better word, that's been alleged against Everton and Manchester City to, at different scales. And then there's a sort of a different offence of of threatening a breakaway Super League.
1: It opens a can of worms though, doesn't it? Of Taking legal cases for the clubs that got relegated at at Everton because then what happens if Manchester City get found guilty? Do teams that could have possibly won the title um, could have played in big games against them? I mean, it's hard to know where that could possibly end, isn't it?
2: Yeah, can of worms is exactly the right thing. I mean... With the Everton case, you've got Burnley, Leeds, and Leicester apparently going to sue, and they may or may not be successful. Um, Southampton. I'm a Southampton fan. We were absolute garbage last season, as anyone who watched us will know. And if we went and if we went and, <laughs> if we went and sued, um, if we went and sued Everton, then then that would be embarrassing because our relegation was entirely self inflicted. But yeah, it's a can of worms with the other clubs. You know, who knows, they, they might be successful to a degree. We all remember when West Ham signed uh, Tevez and Mascherano and and um, Sheffield United, wasn't it, went down and successfully got compensation because of the irregularities over those signings. So they, they might well have a case. But yeah, and in, in the Manchester City, if they're found guilty, it will open an even bigger can of worms. It'll open another 115 cans of worms. And, and how on earth do you go about you know, trying to right the the wrongdoings if that's the case. But I I keep saying if, because at this point, nobody has a clear idea of where
1: Man City might even get to a commission stage, let alone a finishing point. Could be years. Can you see how perhaps fans of a club like Everton who have now been punished will be going, well, hang on a bit. What about them? (laughs) They've got 115 charges and nothing yet has happened.
2: Yeah, and, and that's that's been happening since Friday, since the announcement. It's like, how the hell are we going to be docked 10 points when Manchester City have got 115 So, Absolutely, I can understand it. And, and really, my question, the question of many fans, to the Premier League and to Manchester City is, can you just explain to us why this isn't happening more quickly? What is the holdup? Can we have a little bit of transparency? Explain to the fans what is happening. But absolutely, I understand Everton's annoyance. And frustration. Uh, One other thing, Al and I were just chatting before we came on air. Maybe it's a question for Al. I mean, it's a terrible time, any time, to be docked ten points. But if you look at the league table now, if Everton are going to have a ten point deduction, this is not the worst time for it to happen, is it? And I'm not, I'm not making a judgment on whether it's a good or right or wrong thing. No,
3: I I totally agree with you, Nick. I think it's, um, in terms of sending a message out on the ten points deduction, then. If there is a time, which obviously it's, it's, I think it's hugely harsh on them. But if there is going to be a time you're going to get deducted 10 points, then this is probably the season that that you think, okay, well, at least we've got a realistic chance of getting out of the mess that we find ourselves in because the standard at the bottom um, this season, I think, is, is 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 as bad as it's been for a long time. So if they can't, they, I think they will recover. I think they will get out of it. I think with the manager that they've got and the players that they've got, they've already shown that they've got enough ability. So if there is a season it's going to happen, then perhaps this is the season.
1: I don't know about you, Alan, but at, at the start of the season, if, you'd, if someone had said Everton will be dopped 10 points during the season, will they stay up? I don't think any of us would have probably given them much of a chance, but their recent form has been... I think encouraging enough, hasn't it, really, to to give them a decent opportunity of getting out of the mire?
3: Yeah, I had I had them on the brink anyway. But the, such yeah. is what I've seen in the last sort of five or six weeks that um, that I believe um, they would have definitely stayed up. And I do believe now, even with this ten point deficit, I think they will stay up. They'll have enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you expect other clubs um, to possibly? Um, full fail of this, Nick? Um, well, obviously, we've talked about Chelsea, Man City pending. There's no other clubs
2: that are heading for imminent trouble because I think most clubs know what the rules are now and they are, are really careful about about doing the right thing. and And this 10-point penalty, particularly if it actually stands, will be a big warning not to to be really really careful with your finances um because the premier league and, and and the various authorities now mean business i was going to ask you two a question as as players if you're a football club does it matter to you or did it matter to you should it matter to players these kind of rules around finances I mean your jobs are just to score loads of goals right and you're not probably cheating into what's happening at ownership level but do you think it's important players that there should be rules that make people you know abide by those rules on spending or whatever and if you were, say a Liverpool player now who's potentially lost two or three titles to Man City in the last few seasons or if you're you know one of the clubs that got relegated what do you think as players and do you do you think that the
1: These rules should exist. Well, I think you have to have some kind of rules in place, um, and then it's up to the clubs um, to obey those rules. Obviously, Everton have fallen foul; they've they kind of confessed to that, and it's just a question really of 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 whether we think it's a fitting um, punishment or not. Um, But as players, I would say they'd be largely unaware of, of of these things. It's not, you know, it's not something I, well, obviously there weren't these kind of rules around when I played. so I'd, I'd, But I, I imagine the Everton players would have heard that there might be a chance of points being docked. They, that would be their main concern. And obviously that is a, a massive blow to, to all the players at, at that football club. Um, it, it lessens their chances of, of staying in the premier league and that massively affects probably footballers salaries um going forward so i don't know whether the the players will be angry with the administration at their football clubs um because of uh, put them in this situation that there are but I don't think. Do you think, Alan, that they'd be they'd have been aware of the ramifications prior to to what subsequently happened?
3: But then there lies another problem, Gary. If Everton were to be relegated, hmm. half of I would imagine all the players have clauses in their contracts about being the relegation clause. Their salaries get fifty percent reduced or something like that. There lies another problem. Through no fault of their own, a ten point deduction. That if they were to be relegated, they're saying, "Hang on a minute, those ten points are not our fault."
1: Yeah. but and then um, you start suing the club
3: but then absolutely there's another thing but I I think what will happen now is 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 that there'll be a huge siege mentality at that football club with the fans and the uh, and the players and the management and' Sean will try and use that to their advantage I mean going to going to Goodison Park now I mean it's hard enough anyway because we know how how good their fans are but going to Goodison now would will be really difficult for any team that's gone there because of what's happened. Because it will be them against the world. Do
1: you think, Nick, that um, with the new independent regulator uh, coming in, that this might be an area where they'll they'll look at things and and perhaps adjust? Or uh, it'll be a big issue for the independent regulator, won't it? This kind of stuff.
2: It will. I mean, we don't actually know yet what teeth the regulator is going to have, what he or she is going to do, how many staff they're going to have, what their budget is. And actually, the fact that the Premier League pretty much monitor their club's finances in real time, or, or effectively in real time, the Premier League now are on top of this stuff. So I think there's more questions than answers uh, over, over the regulator. I mean, I agree with Alan. I, th- I think this punishment will galvanise Everton. It'll galvanise the players, the manager... And the fans, I mean, they are, you know, they are going to be more intent on ever than staying up, having been docked 10 points. And we must remember that the, the only two clubs ever to have been docked points in the Premier League before, which is Pompey in nine ten and Middlesbrough in 96-97, they both went down. And and if we think Everton have been harshly treated this time, what do we think of what happened to Borough back in 96-97? They reached two cup finals losing the FA Cup to Chelsea, the League Cup to Leicester. They got docked three points for unilaterally cancelling a game because, against Blackburn, actually, because they didn't have enough fit players. And if they hadn't been docked those three points,
1: they would have stayed up that season. That was harsh, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. A that massive effect. That was, seriously, that was seriously harsh. I remember thinking that at, at, at the time.
3: Where, where do we go from here, Nick? What, ha- what happens from, from, from now on?
2: Well, obviously, the first thing is Everton's appeal. They're going to appeal. Will they win? Reading, reading the judgment, we've all agreed that it seems like a harsh penalty, ten points. There's a lot of sort of discussion and columnists and different people saying, "Gosh, this is harsh." They've been made an example that the the points might get reduced. It might not be ten points. It might end up as six or whatever. That's the first thing. The big thing, really, the big acid test, and it's been hanging over the game for five years, is what does happen with Manchester City. Are they completely innocent, as they claim? Or have they, in fact, been cooking the books systematically for a decade or more, up to 2018? And if they have, what does that say about everything they've achieved? We know that they've got arguably the best coach in the world, one of the great all-time coaches ever. We know they've got brilliant players from Haaland to all the England players who play for Man City. We know that they're a fantastically well-run organisation, not just Manchester City, but City Football Group. But if we go back to how did they actually achieve all that, that that's a big question over the game. And I think until the City case is sort of done and dusted, we won't really have an idea of what happens next. Because if City are guilty, raises huge questions over everything they've achieved, if they're innocent, then... It raises huge questions over how did the Premier League spend five years investigating them and then get it so badly wrong to levy so many charges that they couldn't make stand-up. So period of uncertainty, Alan, really. Can't see it any other way.
3: Isn't it? Isn't the case of having the best lawyers?
2: Yeah, they've got reputedly the most expensive KC in the country, in Lord Panic on um, on their side. I think Lord Panic has previously represented Boris Johnson, Suella Braverman, and other other high profile people. Who do they play for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they play for uh, uh, White White Whitehall FC, <laughs> the Blues. Yeah they're, an the blue team. yeah, they're a non-league team. They're a non-league outfit, um, amateur, but aspiring to professionalism.
1: <laughs> uh, so the lawyers will tie them up in knots, I'm sure, for a long time. But I, I think the thing with Manchester City and the difference, probably, with the Everton case is that if they're found guilty of, of these charges, they're trying to bend the rules deliberately. Whereas I think we feel with Everton, it was they just got themselves in a bit of a pickle. Is that fair or not?
2: Yeah, to an extent. Nobody ever had said, let's go out and try and smash the rules and break them in this way. They knew they were in trouble to the extent that they went to the Premier League and came up with an agreement in 2021, if we do this and this, will we be okay? And then they what they didn't do, and what's clear from the written written judgment, is that they knew what they could do to avoid trouble, but they decided to risk it and keep buying players and keep spending money. So they, they knew that they were taking a risk and it was a risk that they were aware of and they did it anyway and that's why they're being punished. Back on Man City, Man City, let's not forget, were in 2014, Man City were failed UEFA's financial fair play rules. They were fined 60 million euros and had transfer embargo and, and wage limits and, and the fine was then commuted to 20 million euros, but it was still a big deal. and There were lots of people in UEFA at the time. The president at the time was a guy called Gianni Infantino. I'm not quite sure what happened to him, but <laughs> he he did a plea deal to basically let let Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain get away with just massive fines. But there were lots of people in UEFA who wanted them kicked out of the Champions League then. So that was their sort of first. They've got previous there. And of course, in 2020, they were kicked out of the Champions League for two years for more financial irregularities. That was overturned on appeal at CAS, But they were still fined. 10 million euros in 2020 for not cooperating with UEFA I mean I don't know what, when the last time either of you were fined 10 million euros but it, that's not a small fine or saying <laughs> heavens never <laughs> <laughs> city have previous in this area and obviously that's why the Premier League decided to go for them but as I said you know if they're entirely innocent and they've got all this evidence let's see it let's get on with it Let's get past it. And then we can sort
1: of concentrate on on moving forward. Well, um, thank you very much uh, for your time, Nick. I think it's very much a case of watch this space, isn't it? And um, thank you for your expertise in this area. Much appreciated. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure.